This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics, and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Today we're going to talk about the book, What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, by Haruki Marukami. I really hope I said that right. <laughs> but in any case, even if I didn't, uh, many apologies to those of you who, uh, who can handle Japanese, which that is not one of the languages that uh, I've spent uh, any appreciable time with. So sorry for the inevitable mangling that will happen when I touch uh, Japanese. But anyway... This is a book that uh, that Eric you read and uh, was on your list, but not on mine. Partly because uh, it's about running, <clears throat> and um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But uh, what uh, what what possessed you to put this book on your on your list? Well, I actually put four running books on my list this year because I love running so much. You are a psychopath, my friend. Oh, running is so joyous in this book. This book captured so much of the joy of running. <laughs> You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yeah. But no, I, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the past, I've read some books that have really uh, challenged me on running and challenged my ideas on running. Uh, the first of those was Born to Run. And that was the first time I'd ever read about somebody running a 100-mile race. And I have not done anything close to that but um uh, just just this idea of of being able to run that distance it, it it opened me up i guess to uh to running longer distances and and something that's even brought greater joy in my my running days and then uh a book i read a couple of years ago uh living with a seal by jesse itzler and in that book jesse invites a navy seal to live with him for for 30 days on the condition that he'll do whatever the seal says. And that book also uh, really encouraged me to run. And uh, I, so I, after reading that book, there was a, a, looking at the graph for that year of my running, it was like a, a line that just went almost straight up after that. So I, I love reading books about running uh, because I love running. And then uh, also because of, of the fact that it does, it does give me a lot of motivation to run. And, it sounds uh, like a serious, serious personal problem. Yeah, an, addi an addiction, and and this was just the first of the of the four books. So, think of think of how much I'll be running by the end of the year. I I don't even want to imagine <laughs> it. Like I I already like the 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 lack of pleasure that I take in any sort of distance running, uh, just vicariously. I already feel feel that uh, in terms of think, even thinking about what's going to happen to the amount that you'll run in the future. And, you know, of course, now that I, I also have, uh, an Apple watch and I get updates on your daily runs because we, uh, we share our activity information. Uh, I get to see like, Oh, Eric went and ran seven miles today. Yippee ki -yay. That's fantastic. I'm just so going to stick what here with some weights or whatever. So what don't you like about running? Well, this this podcast, I, I really don't want to make this this episode too long, so we'll just I'll just uh, go ahead and pass for the most part on that particular. But I mean, question. is it like uh, you don't like how you feel? You don't like how you feel afterwards, or it's boring? Yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, you know, those, that's three places to start. Yeah. You know, the other thing is that you know, I, I, I play the sports that I played. I mean, running was something that you did as a part of the sport. It's, you know, a training thing. But, you know, you just. Yeah. Well, I mean, punishment. Yeah. If you're if you're running distance or whatever. But, you know, I listen, I used to be able to to run three miles all under under six minutes, you know, back when I was about, I don't know, 50 pounds lighter. Um, actually, let me see. <laughs> 70 pounds lighter. Uh, so, you know, that, that that's a different um, that's a different thing altogether. But uh, so, you know, I, I remember when it wasn't quite so 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 difficult to do. But I think part of it is that I just don't enjoy the staying kind of at a low throttle mm-hmm. the whole time and just plotting partly, yeah. partly because, you know, again, I, I've, I've, I've got some, I've got, I might be 36 years old, but I, I've got, my joints are, you know, probably a good 75 years old, given what I put them through. And that kind of, the, the kind of pounding that you get when you basically jog or when you do longer runs is not, not something that I, I've typically found pleasurable, especially, uh, before I had my ankle reconstruction, anytime I, I did any sort of longer run, it was like running on glass. It's not so bad, not as bad now as it used to be, but, um, but you know, it was like, run, actually when they finally did more imaging after I basically begged, like, listen, you have to send me to the, uh, to, to the orthopedic and, and, and then the orthopedic, as opposed to the sports med people, I mean, you know, the story orthopedic touched my ankle for about, 25 seconds and said you don't have any lateral ligaments left i don't know what's holding you know basically all that's holding your ankle together on this in this direction is skin and so uh so then when they you know did more imaging it was like oh yeah that that's got to be really painful that's i mean given given all the bone chips and everything in there that's uh that's that's probably that probably feels like you're running running on glass in there yeah uh uh-huh so yeah that becomes unpleasant for a while and i think a lot of that that association still there plus i have asthma so, you know, the, the, uh, the, the sorts of things that I tend to do, I'll push really hard, uh, on, on interval stuff and I'll, I'll run hard on, on short distance stuff, but stuff that basically just tests your breathing is, uh, is, tends to be less, less fun for me than, than, than some other things. Although I'm determining that I do need to do more, uh, more, dis- more some more distance running as a part of my my uh, re- my workout regimen because that's a that's a, a current hole in my fitness overall and unfortunately that that's something i'm just going to have to add in a little bit more so going longer than 400s and 800 repeats and such that that i'll do once in a while i need mm-hmm. to go a little bit longer now so not real happy with that but you on the other hand you're you're looking at how can i find a way to fit a hundred miler in at some point and you know set it up so that i get pizzas delivered at, at increments along the run you know, I, I know how you're thinking. Well, it's funny that, uh, that, that topic does come up in this book as well. And, uh, Murakami decided to run a 62 mile race. <laughs> and what's, what's interesting. So this is, this is a guy who runs uh, 36 miles a week. So he, he runs uh, six miles, uh, six days a week. He, he always takes one day off. He just kind of figures in a day for, for rain or, or, uh, some sort of inclement weather or, or just the busyness of life. So he averages 36 miles a week. And then as that gets closer to races, he'll, he'll increase that. And he does one marathon a year. 
Uh, so that's kind of his main main race per year. But one, one year he decided to do a 62 miler and it had the impact of taking his love of running away because it was just, it was just I, I too wonder much. Why, why, why would, jeez. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, some other people, they do a hundred milers and they, and they, uh, it makes them want to do more. It makes them want to do 135 miles or, or some, some other crazy thing. I mean, listen, so, I've ridden some insane distances or at least what most people I think would consider, you know, very long distances on, on a, on a, uh, on a bike. But these people are running further than I've, than, 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 just about any ride i've done i mean that's yeah i can imagine losing the, the love of running <laughs> it's trauma yeah so my my uh my running uh running career started in elementary school i remember we would run laps at uh around the grassy area and um i don't i don't know that that's the best thing to do because it's it's it nobody really enjoyed it and and to build a lifelong love of running that's probably not the the best place to start but um my dad my dad always ran and uh so in high school i uh i got influenced let's say by um jean claude van damme and others <laughs> to where uh i was interested in karate so i took karate <laughs> and then uh, i figured i would keep my legs strong in, uh by by joining the track team so in, in middle school i joined track and and then kept that up through high school and then did cross country my senior year of high school and in in high school my my uh my event in track was the mile had an excellent coach but i just became really burned out with uh with running to where in college i i didn't run much until the latter two years of, of college i picked it up again but uh, my idea of running at that point was was just a few miles at a time. So I, I would go out for a few miles, run pretty hard, come back, and have been in pain the whole time. So not so basically. Really enjoy it. So basically, the way that I'll generally do my uh, my, yeah. my you know what I consider longer runs, which would be something like a five k, run yeah. it fast, be in pain the whole time, and then come back and be like, well, that that was my necessary pain medicine and pain cave for the day. So there we go. Yeah, so that was basically your approach. Then. That was my that was my approach until I got married, and then uh, I married this insane woman who would run eight miles at a time, and I just I couldn't even wrap my head around that because I would be bored and then just in tremendous pain for for two and a half miles. So I couldn't imagine running longer. But amen. A, a few things happened. One <laughs> is this is around the time that podcasts started getting popular, so I could download podcasts and and then. I have something to listen to on, on the runs. And then I, I was training for a race. It was actually just a one mile race, but I, I figured if I trained for longer distances, that one mile wouldn't seem so long during the, during the race. So I did like a five mile race and then I did, uh, or not race, but just a run and then six and then finally eight miles. And uh, it shocked me in that I felt better at the end of the rate, uh, at the end of running eight miles than I did, running just two and a half and I, and I kind of got into a groove around five or six miles and just would end feeling great. It was almost like, uh, back in high school, I, I remember when, when I would push myself to the max on, on races and stuff, like you would just have what they call, I guess the runner's high at the end. And I mean, it just felt so good. And, and it was almost like a recapturing that, that feeling by doing these longer runs. So, uh, last year I did my first marathon, did a couple half marathons, 
And uh, the marathon was a bit much. Uh, I, I enjoy the the half marathon distance a little a little better. But um, yeah, it's really become just a, a a time for me now where I get a lot of my thinking done. Um, stuff kind of connects that I'll be that won't connect if I'm sitting in front of a screen. Uh, I, it's a time where I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and then just kind of let my mind water wander and uh, a, a way, I guess, to stay in shape, but also just I, I really enjoy it at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, it, these these are the sorts of acquired tastes that, that insanity does require, I guess. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it, it's interesting to hear that because, I mean, so much of of my of the, the first half of that really does mirror sort of the way that I uh, have experienced running and so on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've very, I've done very little in terms of experimenting with some of those longer distances. Uh, but, um, but it's interesting to hear that difference and to hear, you know, that, well, you know, I, I was always in pain at this level, but then once I started doing longer and I, I, I would imagine a bit slower, uh, for once. No, well, and, and that was, that was the funny thing is, is I would actually maintain about the same speed for the longer runs. I think it was just like at that five mile mark, for some reason, it, it, you just kind of push through something and then you, flow. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you just, you kind of hit stride. And, and I wonder if um, it has anything to do with the five stages of, of death and dying or of grieving, you know, the, that, that you finally reach your body finally reaches the level of acceptance <laughs> that, you know, well, okay, I guess there's no, no stopping here. So I'm just going to go ahead and accept it. And, yeah. you know, maybe at that point, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's worked, but who recommended this book? Uh, who, who else other than you, uh, is insane enough, not only to want to run so much, but to read about other people running and about the phenomenon of running long distances. Who, who, what, what, what insane person recommended this book? The insane person was Mark Bittman. And that was on episode 205 of the Tim Ferriss podcast. So he's the, he's the only person out of the, the 300 plus episodes that has recommended the book, but, uh, but he's the one. So have, have you heard of him? I don't remember that episode. So no, I, I, I probably should, but, uh, but I don't remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I heard that episode either. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the one. And it's funny. I mean, I, I looked at it in Instagram while I was reading the book and, and um, ton of people reading this book all, all over the world. And um, so, so that, yeah, that was really neat to, to see. Let's go ahead and get to talking about the book itself uh, and what you, what you got out of it. So uh, first thing, first thing is you mentioned that he runs 36 miles a week. He started with a, uh, you know, he, he does a, a marathon a year, you know, he's got different things. Uh, started, you said with uh, with a longer a longer run at some at, at, at an earlier time. But why why did he start running? What what led him? So he this book is what he talks about when he talks about running. Which mm-hmm. I wonder why you would title a book like this. I mean, is he known for talking about running? I mean, is this what uh, he's known known as a runner? And um, I'll see if I can find it here. But the the title actually comes from from another book, so it's kind of a play on. Yeah. The title of this book is taken from the title of a short story collection by a writer beloved me, Raymond Carver. What we talk about when we talk about love. 
so he he kind of ripped ripped off that line for the title of this book. Oh, so okay, so he's he's this is a nice play on you know he what he loves is running, so he's going to talk about what he loves. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And so he he's he's known as a as a novelist. I've I've actually not read any of his his no, novels, uh, but he's a, a Japanese writer. He's he's uh, he's sixty nine years old, so it's still uh, still going strong. Uh, but I, I I would like to read. I, I'm I'm going to add one of his his novels to my list next year, and he also has another nonfiction book about music that that looks really really interesting. But um, he's known as a writer, and he's also known uh, as a runner. And so this book, and, and what I what I went into this book knowing was that part of it dealt with his preparation for running the New York City Marathon. So it's it's him talking about the training and, and that sort of thing, but but the book w- went way beyond that as well, and it, and it it talked a lot about his writing. Uh, so that was really interesting, and, and he he connects his writing and his running very closely to where he says if he was not a runner, he probably wouldn't be a writer, and then uh, vice <laughs> two versa. Th- to two things way. that most people would find tortuous, right? Yeah, <laughs> that that he associates and says, well, if I didn't do the one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the other. So, yeah. Well, and they both kind of came about at the same time. So he, um, when he was young, he started a restaurant and the restaurant, it seems to have done pretty well, but he just came to the point where, you know, he's, he's, he's working till four or five in the morning. He's getting home, having a drink. And by the time he goes to bed, the sun's starting to rise and, he, he, it, the way he describes it is like he, one day he just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm going to be a writer. And so he decided to quit the restaurant, sell, sell the restaurant and to become a writer. And when he did that, he had a, a he had a lot of bad habits going on in his life. So one was that he was a smoker. And then once he started sitting down every day at the desk to write, instead of uh, being up and about in the restaurant, he, um, he started to get a, a little gut on him, on himself. So he decided that he was going to start running. So it, it coincides when, with the, the time that he, that he started writing and uh, that he started going out and running. And which which uh, is is cool because a, a a good friend of mine last year started running as well and 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 uh, just the act of going out and running changed a lot of things in my friend's life uh, things like his diet uh, when he went to bed that sort of thing and it, it very similar to uh, to Haruki Murakami here where um, he he stopped smoking he he lost a lot of weight he he started eating better. Uh, so that that was all a result of of the running, and then it also just set him up in a in a good a, a good method to where he would be waking up. He he would go to bed early, wake up early, and have that time to write, and then also get his his runs in as when, well during the day. When does he when does he tend to do his runs according to this? Yeah, he runs runs in the morning, gets up at five, does a little bit of work first, and then he goes running after that. So what, what kind? So I'm, I'm assuming he gets up and he writes, uh, writes first. That's the work he does you know, when he's really fresh. Yeah, and uh, he 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 referenced uh, Hemingway's the uh, manner of working to where he would he would leave something in mid sentence. Get night yourself before. get yourself completely drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
not not that part of Hemingway. Uh, the part of Hemingway that uh, he would he would end he would end end writing in the evening at uh, in the in mid sentence so that he would he could then pick it up right from there in the the following day. So he does the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah, it's one of those things that I I tend not to do exactly that, but I I tend to leave uh, a few notes at the end of whatever I'm working on, on, okay, here's the train of thought on where I'm headed, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, pick up with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, a few bullet points or something like that, or, you know, just some sort of preliminary paragraph that needs some serious fixing before, you know, as the first thing the next morning to get me, get me rolling. Well, it probably helps you sleep better too. Cause you, oh, yeah. you, you know that you've got your plan you've accounted for everything. Yeah, yeah. You've got your plan for the next day. Yeah. So one thing I, I really enjoyed about uh, his descriptions of, of running was that he views it as an individual sport. Um, I mean, obviously it is with, with running, but but the way he talks about it, he talks about it of the goals that he sent he sets. So one quote, he says, I'm much more interested in whether I reach the goals that I set for myself. So in this sense, long distance running is the perfect fit for a mindset like mine. In long distance running, the only opponent you have to beat is yourself, the way you used to be. And that's a, that's, I, I just kept writing over and over in the margins of this book. This is me. This is me. Like uh, <laughs> the way he described running and, and viewing it as this, uh, this, this goal of kind of beating, being what you did the year before or the time you had before, knowing that you're also getting older. Um, I, I related to a lot of that and, and, and just thought it was, was cool to, to see someone else write about it in, in that sense. That is one of the hardest things I think about getting older in, in terms of, you know, physical, physical stuff. I mean, I've, I've got a friend who, you know, she, she talks about how she's in her forties and is in the best shape she's ever, uh, she's ever been in. And, you know, I'm approaching my forties and I'll never be in, I, you know, I, I could probably work, I could probably uh, do nothing but work out for the next two years solid and probably would still only come close. I don't know that I would still approximate what I was when I was 20. Um, and that realization that, you know, at a certain level, you can't improve. Like you can't improve uh, on where you've been. I, you can't compete with the numbers that you put up at a certain point. That that That's a hard thing still for me to accept. But, but I think with running, it is a little different in that the... I mean, for a gymnast, you, you, you have to be in your teens to be at your prime, but running, you can be in your prime in your thirties. Um, and so I think with well, running, depending, it, it, does, it depends on what kind of running, because if you're running, yeah. if you're running more explosive stuff, if you're, if you're running, uh, you know, four hundreds, you're not hitting your, 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 uh, you know, your, your prime in, in, in your, in your mid thirties or so you're, if you're yeah. running hundred meters, you certainly aren't. You yeah, know, yeah, your your body's elasticity just changes, and you, yeah, you can't it, yeah. you can't keep it'd be, that. It'd be for long, more long distance running. But I mean, like last year, that was the most miles that I'd ever I'd ever run, um, and and it, I was thirty seven. So it was, uh, you know, for running for half my life, and and that was the year that I, I did the most miles, um, did the most races, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think with running, it is a little different in, in that sense that you. You can you can improve, um, but I mean, elite elite runners do fall off when they hit their thirties. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. even 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 in the distance areas, they do, and so that 
the closer you are to elite, the harder it is to maintain whatever level you are. And there is a certain point where you have to accept that like constantly getting better just stops happening. And that I, I still haven't, yeah. I still haven't really wrapped my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he, he does talk a lot about that competing with yourself and so on, which I think is, is one of the, re- one of the real keys to, to maintaining good, uh, good sanity and good, good shape through the, through, through your life. Um, that, you know, I think is, is, is an important thing. You've got to find ways to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I, how does he, I mean, he's 69. He's not running it no matter what. He's not running as fast as he was when he was 50. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, how, do, how does he address that, that issue that, you know, he, he's competing against himself, but he's also competing against younger versions of himself that he knows he can't beat. How does he, does he address that question at all? Yeah, he does. Like, uh, for instance, in, in one of the, um, one of the marathons, he wanted to beat four hours and he, and he didn't. And he just kind of accepted it because he, he, he was still running and, and he was, he was doing it. He was doing his best, you know? Um, he, he also took up triathlons and so he does triathlons in the summers and then, um, marathons in the, the winter. So he, he, he kind of expanded as well with, uh, with swimming and biking. And so, yeah, it, d- it didn't really seem to bother him other, other than just, I mean, you know, he wanted to hit a certain time and didn't hit it, but, um, it seemed like just the, the act of running was, was the more important thing as, as he continued to get older. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes some sense. I think, I do think actually switching, modalities so switching to something like a try where if you haven't done it switching to something new uh as you get older is helpful right Mm -hmm. because you can't you know if it it, there is some frustration if you were you know an elite uh, i was talking one of the one of the students in one of my classes is a uh is, is college golfer and we were talking about how you know at some point he's gonna he's gonna be older and he's gonna be pro in something other than other than golf even if he, even if he's playing, you know, even if he's a, he's making his money as a golf pro, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a teaching pro or something. At some point down the line, even if he makes the tour, whatever, he's going to hit a point where he's not going to be able to sustain the level of excellence that, that he's used to, and wh- how frustrating it is yeah. to suddenly know that you've been able to hit this shot consistently all your life, you know, or for you know, fifteen years, and then all of a sudden, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. And you know he was talking about how that that he knows that's that realization it, it, that's coming that day is coming, and he's not sure how he'll cope with that whether he'll even want to play the game, right? And that, that but but finding uh, finding new goals I think is a good I think that's smart and so doing tries well, and that sort of thing is that makes sense. And then here here's a quote I think that addresses that he says exerting yourself to the fullest within your individual limits that's the essence of running and a metaphor for life. And for me, for writing as well. So the key, key part there, exerting yourself to the fullest within your individual limits. So as you age, your, your limits are going to become more. Uh, but, but exerting yourself to the fullest within that, that's the essence of running. Uh, so I, I, th- I thought that was a cool quote. And uh, another one, long distance running, more or less for better or worse, has molded me into the person I am today. And I'm hoping it will remain a part of my life for as long as possible. So he, he kind of, you know, he, he views it for the long haul and, and, um, 
I think he'll just keep running as, as much as he can. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, he talks, you know, you, you mentioned that he, he starts his day by, by working on some writing, starts his day by, uh, by working conceptually, doing all the things that a writer does. And then he goes on a run. What does he think about? And so he, he's, you know, he's, what does he talk about when he talks about running? Well, what does he think about while he's running? He has a great quote in there in the book where he says, if you ask me what I think about when I, when I'm running, I have no idea. <laughs> and that, that rang true for me as well. I mean, I can, I could go on a, a hour long run and my wife could be like, so what'd you, what'd you think about or, or what, you know, what, what was going on in your head? And, and it's kind of like, well, I have no idea, but he, he does talk about, uh, just kind of weird random memories will come back to his, his mind. He, he runs with music. So I think it's a little different, uh, with podcasts. I'm mostly concentrating on the, the podcast and, and thinking about that. Uh, if, it, if the podcast gets boring or something, I, I, I will kind of see my, my mind walk wander. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of times you just don't even really know what you're thinking about. It's just kind of, uh, taking everything in on the run. So I, I thought that was another just kind of, funny, funny quote. And, and also just something I could relate to that. He, he really doesn't know what he thinks about when he thinks about running. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like actually in that case, running is, uh, something of a, of a meditative phenomenon, right? He's, he's, um, that, that it, that it, it's an active me- a form of meditation where you, you, you do get to sort of shut off and disconnect in mm-hmm. different ways. And I think that actually may be the appeal of running in, in, in many cases uh, that as with yoga or other active body practices, you can find ways to, um, to shut down the rational part a little bit, but again, exertion effort, as we talked as we talked about in the last podcast and thinking fast and slow, when you're exerting a lot of bodily effort, system two can't really do anything anymore right you you Mm -hmm. limit how much you can actually do with that rational effortful part of the brain uh and 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 it sounds to me like that's what's what's happening to some degree with both of you is that you you hit that point where you're able to just be in the moment and and like you said before you you find that state of flow uh which Mm -hmm. for me i mean i i definitely find in other uh forms of working out at different points because you know you're working hard enough when you're when you're process when you're when you're exerting yourself hard enough you can't really think about anything other than what you're doing right at that moment. And there, there is something special about something that forces you to do that. Uh, and, and so that's interesting to hear, hear him say specifically, like, yeah, honestly, I, I don't know what I think about because, you know, my wine wanders or it doesn't. And it just oftentimes it's blank. So, so yeah, that's an interesting, interesting thing. So let's go ahead and shift gears one more time. Um, who, who do you think, I mean, aside from just random people, who like to run? Who, who would like this book? Is this just a book for runners, or is this this a book for for other people in general? What 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 what's the target audience? Is there is there a group of people that this makes sense for outside of the obvious group of nutcases? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I think if you're if you're a fan of of uh, Haruki Murakami's novels, I think this could be a nice shift for you uh, to, to read some of his nonfiction. You, you really get insight into the author's life 
so not just about running, but also about writing. And then he also tells you about his uh, first job and, and, and that sort of thing and how it led to, to where he is today. So if you're a runner, you're, you're going to love the book. If you're a writer, you're going to love this book. And if you are both, if you're a running writer or a writing runner, this book is God's gift to you and you, you should just go and buy it. And it's very short. <laughs> there we go. So anything else uh, before we wrap uh, that, that, that you really want to get off your chest uh, or off your feet uh, about this book? Yeah, a couple things. And, and, you know, since it's such a short book, I don't, I don't want to give away too much because I, I do want uh, our listeners to read it. But a, a few things that I, I thought were just really cool. And the first was that, uh, I mean, I started off with a quote, break one of my rules and I'm bound to break many more. And his rule is no walking. And, and I have very similar thing in my head of, of uh, I've got a couple mantras that I have in my head when I run and one is to never quit. But it, it's, it's really that, that idea of walking. Walking to me is quitting when I go out to run. And I know when I, I go out to run, it's, it's, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not racing anybody. I'm not doing anything like that. But I know that if I, if I quit on just an everyday run, my mind is not going to be as strong in a race when it's, it's the hardest part of the race. My mind is not going to be as strong to, to keep going. So it's, it's kind of those everyday things of, of running. And, and I, I loved how he talked about that and, and uh, not – not breaking any of his rules. And to the point where at the end of the book, he says what he wants his gravestone to say is his name, the years that he was alive, writer and runner. And then at the very bottom, at least he never walked. <laughs> so I, I loved that part of it and, and connected very well. Just, just that importance of, of, uh, you know, something we've discussed from a lot of the books of Titans books, but those daily habits and, and also just daily mindset and, and, and not allowing yourself to do things no matter how minor it may seem, because that, that can, that can really actually end up opening you, you to breaking more rules. Yeah. A little slippage. Yep. And then the, the last thing is, <laughs> I, do you want to guess the location of the first marathon that he ever ran? Los Angeles? No. He ran from Athens to Marathon. Oh, you're kidding. For the very first marathon. And it was just, a, it was a really funny story because he, he was a runner at this point, but he had never done a marathon. And so he, as part of a, a magazine story that he would, he would write, was going to, to write about running uh, from Athens to Marathon. So the, the things that made it funny were that most people in, in the historic uh, run was from Marathon to Athens. So he did it the opposite way. And then when he got there, the people that were with him, because um, he had like a van that traveled with him so they could take photos and, and give him water and that sort of thing. Uh, they, they said, well, you're not really going to run this, are you? And he said, yeah, why else would I be here? We said, well, and they said, well, everyone else who comes and says that they're going to run it, they don't actually run it. They just, they ride in the van and then they write an article about it. <laughs> oh, uh, he did it. That is so it. unethical. He did it in the worst heat. Uh, I mean, he did it like in the worst part of the year. So it was extremely hot. He, he started 
first thing in the morning so he he could avoid the heat as much as possible but he was still running in the heat of the day and then the roads from athens to marathon are not they're they're not like there's not like a running trail you know you you are on the highway and so he he was kind of afraid he was going to get hit the whole time he's uh uh, and then the roads are just in bad shape. So he's, he's worried about you know tripping and all that stuff. And then Greece, Greece is not necessarily a country that is, is uh, full of runners. <laughs> so people are just kind of looking at him like, what in the world are you doing running uh, the wrong direction in this, in this, heat. this heat? And, and he, yeah. He, and he said, you know, he's to, for them to see an Asian person doing this made it even, even funnier. So, uh, his first marathon was literally, <laughs> literally to run to marathon. So run the wrong was, way from, yeah. so run from Athens <laughs> to marathon in super heat. One of the interesting things is of course, you know, the marathon began with, with, uh, with an Athenian runner. And of course, you know, there aren't very many, many runners in Greece. Uh, it yeah. tells us something about the wisdom of the Greeks. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to, we're just going to leave it at that. I guess, I guess. But yeah, so much interesting stuff there. You actually have gotten me to almost want to read this book, which is somewhat miraculous because again, of my, because of my antipathy uh, toward uh, distance running in general and uh, my, uh, my lack of desire to do so. Although again, as I mentioned, you know, due to a little bit of a hole in, in my overall conditioning there, I'm recognizing that I do need to get some, a uh, little bit longer runs in uh, as much as I dislike them. So if nothing else, you've succeeded in inspiring me a little bit there. Hopefully uh, you've done the same for some listeners out there. Uh, once again, uh, if you, if you, uh, if you're a writer who happens to be a runner, this apparently is the book for you. Any, any last words here? Well, I did, I did have one question for you on page 49. He says, I guess the only thing I do specifically is try not to drink so many cold drinks. And this was, he was talking, the summer heat didn't wear me down either. I don't do anything in particular to keep my energy level up during the summer. I guess the only thing to do is, is not drink so many cold drinks. Do you know why he would not drink cold drinks? Well, you know, I, I could answer with the famous uh, Bear Bryant line, you know, you wouldn't put cold water into a hot radiator, so why would you put cold water into a warm boy, right? <laughs> into a hot boy. So, um, no, actually, there is some, and it's been a while since I saw it, but there is some uh, evidence that drinking uh, fluids that are closer to room temperature or closer to the temperature that you're that you're actually exercising in is actually more beneficial to maintaining your your core temperature uh it's been a while since i saw that we can we can try i, I can try to dig out a few of those things and uh and look that up uh, uh for the for the show notes so so go ahead and uh th those of you who are listening or interested in this you can check the show notes for some of that it's been a while since i since i saw saw any of that but i do vaguely recall uh something along those lines and i do know that like in india uh they don't drink cold fluids to stay to to feel uh to feel cool cooler to cool off in the summer and you know india's got areas that are notoriously oppressively hot mm -hmm. uh and 
what, what they do in India is they drink hot tea uh, to cool down. And, and actually that uh, there, there were a couple, I do know that, uh, and I saw these more recently that there are a couple studies that were done recently that showed that taking in the hot tea actually led to uh, a rea- to a response physiologically to uh, that was, that was positive in terms of, of uh, how it, how it made a, made a person feel uh, mm-hmm. and all that. Again, I don't remember the mechanisms and all this. It's been a little bit, but I'll go, we'll go ahead and find that and put it in the show notes. So it's probably something connected with that. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if there, if there was some kind of main thing I didn't know there about um, not drinking cold drinks during the summer when you're, when you're working out, but um, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to conclude, I, I, I do think you would really enjoy this book, Jason. And because the, the point of it is, is more having a, having some sort of a release, you know, if, if, if you're a writer, if you, if you're a creative type or, or, uh, you work really hard at, at one part of your life, having something to balance that out can actually improve both of those things. Um, so, you know, you can read this book as him talking about running, but it could also be whatever exercise you do, or maybe it's a musical release or, or, or something to that effect. Uh, just having some sort of a balance in your life to where both of those things can, can actually improve the overall of, of your life. And, and that, that's the, the, the big thing that comes through in, in this book. And it, and it was just really cool to, to hear him say that he would not be the writer he is if he was not the runner he is. So, yeah, I, I think people would really get a lot out of this book, whether you run or write or, or not. Um, it's a short book. You can get through, through it rather quickly. And it, it was just a joy to read. I, 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 it makes me want to read his other nonfiction as well as um, start reading some of his, his novels as well. I wonder if anybody runs in his novels. Yeah. I guess we'll have to I'm find out. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today on the books of titans podcast once again just a reminder that if you're enjoying this podcast please leave us five star reviews on itunes let others know about the podcast it definitely helps us out a lot uh you can also follow along with us at booksoftitans.com you can chat back and forth with us on twitter or instagram at books of titans you can also subscribe to this podcast through pretty much any podcast manager of choice we'll be back soon to uh talk about another book which uh we have not yet determined which one's on the list for next uh for the next episode but we'll be back very soon next week for one more episode in the series of the books of titans podcast thanks for listening keep listening keep reading and keep improving and keep thinking fast or slow real fast or slow keep it real fast or slow Thank you.